0: you know, there are people when, when we are in their presence, that we just, we just feel differently, or it kind of connects us in a different way, or it does something with us in a positive or in a negative way. So um, that was the interesting experience when I was sitting in front of that as my mind was just completely calm. And I was just able to experience, in a way, I would say, the the most beautiful version of myself
1: hello and welcome to the word for woman podcast i'm christina your host and my guests are people who operate at the intersection of science and spirituality it is my great pleasure today to speak with dr kriti nanda kriti i'm so happy to have you on thank you for having me here today oh thank you so much for being here so for our listeners Dr. Kritinanda is a medical doctor, medical transformation and mental health coach, researcher in contemplative sciences, meditation instructor, keynote speaker, and charity volunteer. As a medical doctor with a special interest in psychosomatic medicine and a holistic approach, she is offering mental health, stress prevention and management programs, self reflection workshops with energy based processes. As well as meditation sessions facilitating well being and personal transformation with a capital T, about which she will share more later on in the episode. But first, Kriti, I would love for you to give our listeners a deeper sense of the many hats you wear and share what led you to your multifaceted professional activity. Thanks for the introduction,
0: Christina yeah I think that started um kind of right for my birth so I'm uh, coming with I grew up with different cultures um, my father's from India my mother is European so there were always uh, I would say many colors in the pot like yeah I was always used to not just you know have kind of one perspective but I was always whatever it was interested in what would the other perspective be so I wanted to to help people that was just always kind of my genuine um wish and i loved to uh, to study and to read books so that kind of naturally <laughs> made me study medicine and um when i started practicing i felt that there was a limitation which frustrated me um and that's absolutely obviously no criticism to medicine or science it's amazing work what's being done there and it's uh it's just beautiful but um there was still a limitation especially when it came to the practical aspect like uh, when i had patients there and uh, especially when it came to mental health issues um i just felt like i can't really do much so either i treat the symptoms on on you know the surface but i did not understand what the cause was no one really can come there it's just like kind of you operating in the dark it felt like that And I was not really able, or I had the feeling I was not really able to help um, my patients. So I was just uh, in in, in that kind of state. And I always knew, like, I grew up with yoga and um, with a kind of, um, let's say, Eastern spiritual background as well. Although I would never really deeply dive into it because I was just too impatient so I had to go for a jogging round or it was just not, not, um, I was not made for that at uh, when I was young. Um, but then gradually like when when all these uh, things came more into my like, uh, were more apparent I was like there must be some other way as well and I really wanted to um you know start with some meditation I've been waiting for a very long time I never really found in a way the right person I would want to learn it from with the right technique because it kind of had to to really like um fit me and um then I was just just being open and then uh th- some three years ago I met uh, I met my guide and my teacher and my friend and that kind of opened a completely different path for me and with that all my other let's say things i'm passionate about and what i now in a way would say i found my purpose in my passion that kind of could unfold in these last last three years and that led me to basically finally uh, start getting into more social projects and volunteering um which is not very i would say is not very common within the medical like fraternity because we're normally very very busy with the work that we are doing and Apart from that there is hardly any time and then you just want a time for yourself so I kind of made a conscious choice there that I would. um, You know, reduce the hours and really do that what I love and what I'm passionate about as well it's not that I'm not passionate about my work, but that is just kind of one facet or aspect. So, um, yeah, the other thing is i'm volunteering for social projects, especially in India, and uh, we just uh, recently. Well, now it's actually the inauguration is tomorrow, but the whole work kind of finished last week for the children's home. So they're very, very happy about that. And um, I started doing, um, I started doing meditation and diving a little bit into these contemplative sciences and had some like experiences myself. I was like, this is very interesting. I want to understand that. And that kind of led me then to this transformational coach, meditation instructor, and more contemplative uh, science Research work as well, so that's been kind of a journey, and I'm, I'm just really happy to be uh, yeah to be there while I'm here today yeah
1: What are contemplative sciences? because I recall the the first time we connected um, it was a term that I had to look up as well, um, and I think that's something that could be very interesting for our listeners. Could you share a bit more about them?
0: Yeah, i think contemplative is or s- contemplative sciences i think um in my understanding it's basically that what i would call the intersection between science and spirituality so it has to do with uh, meditations and with different techniques um let's say spiritual practices also um, but also things like mindfulness practices and everything, and then basically the science behind it, or you know, trying to understand the, the processes, the methodology, uh, the res- if there are results and if they're applicable, in all of this. So this is how how I understand uh, contemplative sciences.
1: Thank you. And to our listeners, we will talk quite a bit um, about uh, science behind spirituality later on in the episode um and to give a bit of background to that work uh kriti could you tell us a bit more about um one very important person in your life that you have already mentioned um and uh, this person uh, that had a big role in your spiritual journey maitreya darashriji um just before um uh, your answer i'd like to give a little bit more background to our listeners maitreya darashriji is a medical doctor and the founder of matribot Parivar, a social spiritual organization whose vision is to help raise the consciousness of humanity laying the foundation for a more happy peaceful and sustainable world they pursue this vision through transformation programs including an energy-based process whose efficacy has so far been supported in a pilot scientific study, as well as in a follow-up study published in September 2022. Listeners, uh, you can find links to both studies in the show notes um, if you wish to read them firsthand. According to their website, thousands of people have participated in their programs and experienced positive shifts in their lives um and with this brief background kriti i'm gonna give it to you to tell us more about my Dharashriji and all the work that he's done and his impact on your life
0: okay yeah that's uh well, I'll uh, introduce him first, and then basically how I met him, because that's a long story, which goes twenty years back, and I will kind of <laughs> keep it short. Don't worry. So, um Das is, as you mentioned, is a medical doctor, and uh, when he, uh, like, he was an atheist, uh, but he was very like curious about you know nature of of uh, also of the body and how how like perfectly that that works, and um, he was always. Uh, he perceived himself always a little bit different in terms he asked questions that no one would understand like he recalls that when he was in school he would ask others that what is the difference between me and you and why do we think differently and like he had always many questions and uh as, as a word when he worked um as a medical doctor and practiced, then he realized that uh the kind of deeper uh, understanding or let's say that the cause of the suffering was still in a way undiscovered. And that led him to to contemplate and and to turn inwards, let's say in an inner journey. Um, so he meditated for for many, many years. And in that time, he had um, like different um, saints, and etc, appear to him. And he had some mystical experiences. And uh, in one of them his uh, guru, his master, Mahavatar Babaji, which is, he's uh, uh, um, an ageless saint in the Himalaya or uh, a guru, basically. Uh, he basically appeared to him and disclosed his uh, his purpose of life. And um, with that deep understanding, so Mithra basically had um, passed all the faces of of the basically the spiritual parts and he's in a complete transformed state in a very high consciousness you can say and out of this understanding he developed these techniques meditations energy processes to help basically um the people to connect back to the heart so in it's actually very very simple it's just to help us connect back to our true nature and experience that and hence leads in a way a happy life because we have entangled ourselves quite a lot and complicated life and it's it's supposed to be much much easier and simpler uh if if we are able to connect back to that true nature which is love and which is then also the base of of uh, social well-being and uh, of of what we all I think in a way are are looking forward to see in this world so this is his um kind of vision and in 2013 he uh, founded its social spiritual organization Medjugorje Paribar. and um yeah now coming back to me I was uh, as I said as I mentioned I grew up with these two different cultures and I was always um it took me many many years to kind of um integrate these two worlds into into my being and I uh, it was a process which I would say recently kind of was completed in a very peaceful way Um, and in that time was I was living in Italy and I found one book I don't know if you've heard of that the autobiography of a yogi by Yogananda so it's it's a very it's it's quite a famous book actually and is Yogananda was one of the first ones to bring the um, Eastern spirituality into the West into the US at that time and it kind of became a bestseller uh, this book And in in that book, uh, Mahavatar Babaji is mentioned, so Maitriyadada Guru. and I remember when I read his name and when I read about the stories that, you know, the people were telling, and when I saw his pictures, I, I, I just felt so connected in a way, and I could not explain that at that age, I was just 14 years old and when the book was finished it was almost like a pain that you know that 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 book is finished and and i don't have any other you know contact points and i remember i wanted to uh to go to india to fly to the himalaya and try to find him there and then i was like okay this is not gonna work and i just put disappointedly the book aside and i was like okay i just have to be in this world and you know just do my studies and the rest the spirituality is whenever it's time for it, it in a way it will come and um, while I was studying, I I have to say I drew a lot of um, energy and strength from that spiritual part. I would, uh, you know, with with different ways. It's spirituality I think means different things to every one of us. For for me, it meant to connect to my heart in in whatever way, and that was always there present. And it it was a very like stabilizing factor for me. And then when I moved to Switzerland, uh, my brother was here for uh, to to visit me, and he was working in the hospital and in one of the flights back to Austria he used to live there he met um uh Kevalia uh, which is uh basically Kevalia brought Matri will to Europe and he met him there and just randomly in the in the bus to the plane and then randomly they were sitting next to each other in the plane as well and he was like "Oh, I met such an like charismatic person and I saw the picture because my my brother shared it with me and there again I felt really connected so some months later, I met Kavaliaji, and he was then telling about Mithra Dadashviji that that was basically his guide and about Mahavatar Babaji. And then obviously I got super, super curious, like there is Babaji's back in my life. I want to see him who who says that it's his uh, his master. So uh, Dharashviji came for a session to Zurich and I was just completely curious to just see him. And uh, when I went there, it was... I think one of the most special experiences in my life in in a way that even before I saw him, I just felt so happy internally, just so content as if something, you know, I've been waiting for a very long time was finally like now unfolding and it it almost felt like a children's birthday. You know, when we were small and we would look forward to our birthday, it felt like that. And I was completely surprised because I didn't know these feelings from, from inside. It was something completely new. And then when i saw him it was just like like deja vu and i'm not someone who normally have you know who can see auras or things like that absolutely not i'm i'm quite quite rational i have like i have my more emotional part as well but there was just like what's happening with my body where are all these reactions coming from and um i remember Whatever that is really shared in that evening was so simple like that's what I love about him is the simplicity is no complex teachings or preaches or anything it's just. Very, very simple but it's as if you're here at the first time, and it is as if you immediately experience it with yourself within yourself, so it was just like wow it it makes sense and i have never really understood that before although it seems very simple and this is about simple like concepts of ourselves of life and um we did this a short energetic process which which was very profound in my eyes and then i just somehow felt like i want to to learn more about him and about what he does and that led them to uh one one to the other basically
1: you mentioned um the concept of a guru um and I would like us to talk a little bit more about that um my first question would be um at present do you consider Maitreya Dharashriji as your guru um and yeah actually let's 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 go with that first I have a million more questions
0: (laughs) yeah thank you for bringing that topic up I think it's it's a very important one also because it's very controversially discussed and uh, especially I know in our western culture and uh, I would like if you allow me to introduce more the eastern aspect of a guru Um, and I understand the kind of of, of prejudices that also are here in in the western part of the world Uh, they have the reasons Um, but there is also another aspect of a guru and if you look at the name uh, guru is a Sanskrit uh, term and gu means darkness and ru means light so it's basically the one who brings light in the darkness now Guru itself is is basically a teacher or a guide for your spiritual path and spirituality there being not something esoteric or mystical necessarily but just simply about yourself to understand yourself to connect to yourself and to really you know be able to just live your your true nature and this is where you know if you think um when we went to school then we also had a teacher who kind of you know taught us how to you know write ABC and how to to learn the numbers and everything and similarly a Guru is nothing else than a a teacher who helps us on this path because we can imagine how like it was difficult for us to learn and to, to write when we were five or six years old so the spiritual path this inner world is is also is also com- complex like you need someone who guides you through that who tells you that you know very practical steps that you need to be careful at this turn and here this might happen so it's it's simply about that and it's in the ancient scriptures the the guru disciple relationship is a very very uh sacred and a very beautiful relationship which is nurtured by um you know mutual respect and care so it's it's a very very special there even in some scriptures it said that it's a relationship which is also above the mother-child relationship because it goes beyond so you know it said that it it lasts for lifetimes Mm -hmm. so when you see it from that thing it's something very very beautiful and if we look at from that concept, then yes, Dada Shriji, I, I would consider him my guru. But he's, above all, he is my friend because I know he would not like to be called a guru. He he always says, like, don't call me guru, teacher, anything. I'm, I'm just a friend. I just want to be there as a friend. So that's why I would leave it with friend and with friendship and that relationship. Also, because, you know, times have changed now. I think we are, we're not having that concept anymore of sitting on the tree and meditating and having, you know, the kind of revered master there. Um, but the emotion, that emotion is is definitely there. But let's say for the modern world we are living now, it's more that of a friendship because we can relate more to that. And I'm very, very thankful that Darashwiji kind of offered this kind of relationship to everyone and not you know telling that i'm a guru or master because that would have been that would have made him unapproachable but with that everyone can just relate in a very natural way it's just it's just like a best friend who is always there because it's not uh confined limited to the physical presence that's the beautiful thing like in these three years i think i've seen him five times or six
1: times so yeah Thank you, thank you so much for for sharing more on this because I think one of the reasons the idea of a guru might be controversial in a in a west from a Western lens, uh, which is why I, I really appreciate that, that you brought the Eastern lens on this and you know it illuminated um, this term for us. Um, there there have been unfortunate cases of people who who have proclaimed themselves as gurus who ended up being harmful for their followers um therefore i i suspect people might be wary of this particular way of walking the spiritual path um and i wanted to ask you as someone who is walking this path how can people um anyone um let's say so, someone who could be their guru or their spiritual teacher um, out, outside of Hindu and Buddhist faiths comes into their lives, but maybe they're a little bit wary, maybe they're thinking, oh, is this really a good idea? How how can they protect themselves? How can they discern if this is really for them, if this is good for them?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's a very important question. Um and and I completely agree, if you had asked me three years before I would have said, like no thanks I don't need any guru in my life and definitely not any living being who like proclaims himself as that so I completely agree and. Um, as I said, there are reasons why we are having these these prejudices and misconception I completely understand and. Um, And I think it has to do a lot with you know there was a lot of brainwash in the past done uh, through these kind of concepts or manipulations and also there are so many myths of spirituality which just are not true spirituality in its true sense is so natural and so simple so. um, Coming back to your question I think what helped me if I I, uh, I talk out of my um, own experience is that um, I never felt limited or dependent or bound to anything um, on the contrary I felt how much freedom I actually have and I am not utilizing or you know I am confining myself so someone who helps you to actually experience freedom um, if that is something which which you sense And on the contrary, if you sense there is too many rules or too many you know do's and don'ts which is unnatural right, then I think this is something where we should be careful. Um, it's also important that that natural aspect is there everything which allows you to completely unfold your potential naturally and to live yourself where you're not being told you need to do it like this, or you have to do it like that, but where it's all about just be yourself just listen what do you want to do just explore yourself you know um this is is another important point um then being someone who has many many questions um i think it should be someone a true guru if we call it now like that to be able to answer all your questions um and he should also encourage you to ask questions also having said that whenever i'm sitting in front of that i don't have any single questions because i'm just like completely peaceful um and my mind is peaceful as well uh but that is definitely a part where you should be able to ask questions uh, difficult ones and you should be able to get clarity it shouldn't be like some you know kind of dialectic uh like intellectual discourses but it should be very like it should immediately within you bring that realization that oh wow yeah i should it, it should that that realization moment should be there um it should be someone who helps you to really discover yourself um to understand yourself to truly accept yourself and all this in a very you know natural simple way not complicated like teachings or concepts or whatever rituals or anything but just uh yeah just that that natural way and i think ultimately it's still an experience of the heart It's is like you know i mentioned when i saw that i the first time that what immediately was within me my my husband was sitting next to me and i just told him it's him and i till now i don't really know what i meant with these words but it was just something which came from deep within it's like an experience of the heart so i think if we connect with ourselves we will get the feeling that is that person right is And then obviously we have our mind we analyze things that what are, what is this person talking about what is the, um, what are the intentions, you know, is it about making money or is this person really doing something practical as well. How are the people associated with this person are they rigid are they, you know, um, you know all these things. And I think putting these two aspects together checking some things with the mind first that is important. Um, as I said, I would never have like walked the spiritual path if not my mind would also have allowed me and would have said like yes that's that's safe. I would not have started it because you can get so easily lost there as well. And and uh, a guide, let's not even say guru, teacher, master, because it still has you know these these little bits uh, of a of a bitter taste to it. But a guide can take you only as far as he has come himself. This is is also important to to know and the state uh, of of a guide or of a master it it will be revealed by the way he talks by the way he acts so just by observing someone you can already see when you connect to your heart that that doesn't make sense is this authentic and um yeah i think these are some things which at least worked within my being mind and and heart uh, where i was like yeah it's it's basically it's him i think that's important
1: I think this is a really good point um, where you could share more with us about the concept of transformation that you have already mentioned. Um, what is the meaning of transformation and and how does how how does one even start uh, a journey of transformation?
0: Yeah, so transformation is um, if you put it very simple, it's a process of becoming a better being. and this is a kind of if we now talk about spiritual transformation spiritual um, meaning that this, uh, dealing with the self basically it's uh, a kind of very deep uh, shift within a positive shift where gradually which gradually unfolds and where we slowly are able to get rid of our blockages of our of our false self let's call it like that, which is our conditionings, our prejudices, uh, that which kind of influences us, limits us in a way, um, and which comes also from our past experiences, but that's what we don't really wanna be. We want to be free and we want to be you know, happy. So all these conditionings, uh, all these blockages, in that process of transformation, they slowly, slowly dissolve. And we are more and more able to really get aligned and in tune with our true nature, which is basically unconditional love. So getting back to that experience of it, this is transformation. And this is basically a journey of, you can say of the self, um, of of us, of of the soul, whatever you want to to call it. And it's a process which starts um, very, very easily. Like even everyone listening here can initiate that process themselves just by saying yes to transformation. So you just need to say yes, I am open to a change, I'm open to become a better being to work on me. Uh, you know, and then this process starts is like a kind of declaration of intent. This is to how that process of transformation starts. And then afterwards, obviously there are tools and and processes how to um, accelerate that process or how to deepen it. But in itself transformation is always on it always happens it's basically change is a constant in life so the transformation is not just limited to us everything is transforming we are even from a more um collective consciousness in a transformative process and the more we ourselves uh you know work actively on that the more we can also contribute to the collective change of consciousness and this is why transformation is is so so important because ultimately we can't really we don't really have a big like influence on the outer world but we have it on ourselves and this impact is big enough because it contributes to the collective consciousness so to say so in that way it's it's a process it's it's a journey and it's automatic is it's a passive process you don't need to do do much anywhere there thank you for that
1: beautiful uh explanation and you mentioned, um, something, well, you mentioned many things that, that I really resonate with, um, but I specifically refer to this idea of coming back to our true nature, um, as unconditional love, um, and I find this, not that it only uh, personally resonates with me, I find it really interesting, because I find it has a lot of implications right for how we how we live and what we find ethical and you know how we treat one another. I was in I was in this lecture recently um, on the philosophy of love. Um, and one of the ideas that the speaker brought up uh, was, I think they were quoting someone someone else's proposal, but it was basically this idea of should we because there there's so much injustice in the world, so sh- should we seek to cultivate, negative you know negative between brackets uh, emotions such as anger rage to be better equipped to stand up to injustice um and that with it didn't sit well with me um and i'd i'd really love to hear your take on this um also given this this context of transformation and coming back to unconditional love
0: yeah so th- the thing is um first of all we wouldn't we wouldn't be able anyways to control these negative emotions because they are there and there is a reason why they are there and it's not just like a kind of mental process that they are there so that that is, is has to do or is lies basically deeper in our being but um ultimately obviously we should not cultivate something which is not fruitful right so the the thing behind that question i think if, if someone asks that should we still cultivate these these um emotions because they might help us ultimately to still stand up for injustice the thing behind that is still love because someone cares because someone wants things to change and that shows us that behind everything there is ultimately it's always love and it's only love that can can truly change things because there is just such a Uh, such a powerful and and supreme energy or emotion there there is nothing which is beyond love so if you want to change things and if you really want to to basically have a lasting impact um, and something which is in a way also which you know which which won't be turned over then again after 50 years or something then I think it can just be done through love and I think history has showed that um, that you know where, where there was no um force put but when people acted out of love that's where you know beautiful things were created and the contrary of love which is fear is not hate it's fear it never created anything positive so if we really want to bring a lasting change we should try to do things out of love but at the same moment you know not judging the other emotions which are there they also have the kind of right of existence and at the right time they will also solve um but it's always important to to see from which intent or from which space out of which space are we acting and that should all always ideally be love like for me it has become kind of the mantra of life that let love be the answer to everything and that's just um is just the easiest because then you won't do things out of ego you won't hurt others so that's if you want to to go ahead in a sustainable way i think and it it sounds cliche and it sounds cheesy i know but it's it's the ultimate truth that that love is our true nature and this is the only thing which is gonna last so i think that i would i would say that um let's just be aware of that but not try to harbor the, the contrary
1: feelings I agree and I love how you put it that you know behind the that intent that was expressed was love at the end of the day um I don't intend to demonize uh, emotions such as anger I consider anger a friend um I think you know it's it's that friend who tells you something went wrong maybe even horribly wrong and it's time to do something about it um the um, the part of the proposal I think that didn't sit well with me was the idea of cultivating anger. Uh, for me personally, that that didn't sit well because I would rather focus my efforts on cultivating love, like like you said, and and finding solutions from there. Which yes, maybe not not in a in a in a cheesy way, you know, like that. You know, sometimes you do have to get angry. Sometimes, you know, I think you, we you do have to take like measures you know like but i i think that the intent behind it like you said really really matters you come from a place the one way i heard it expressed is you come from a place of for something or against something yeah. is this something that that also yeah. resonates with you yeah, yeah definitely could you think, could you share a little bit more with us um about your personal transformation journey you mentioned this personal mantra of yours uh, to let love be the answer to everything um are there other insights or particular events from your own journey that you would like to share with our listeners
0: oh yeah (laughs) the question is if you want to hear them so uh now you take a part um it was an intense time definitely um it was also a time where many things uh, surfaced that I wasn't aware. There were kind of being there within me emotions, as you mentioned, um, which I never felt before like emotions like anger, like loads of anger came up. And I was like, I'm not an angry person. I'm like the most kindest person. This is what I've always been told uh, that I, you're such a kind person. And I realized that uh, this is part of me as well, it's just a part which I never allowed myself to express so it was it is it is an ongoing process um, of, of getting to know myself better the, the parts of me and of obviously as i said that the, the kind of theoretical concept or construct about transformation is that you dissolve the blockages and you experience your true nature and in a practical level that dissolving of the blockages is something which which you can feel It it, uh, surfaces on um, the mental, emotional, physical layer, you can you can feel that there are times where you feel like, wow, now I'm really facing something which is coming up. I always have this picture, you know, of a pond where there's a lot of things in the Uh, like in the depth and then it comes up blah 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 and then you see it and then it just goes away and then afterwards there's just like all nice lotus flowers (laughs) but um, before that there's a lot of cleansing needed so this is my kind of mental picture um on a very practical level I've become so much more patient there is still there is still some like I'm still impatient but much more patient um much more um accepting like when now something happens it's just like i just try to see what is it that i can do and if not then i'm just able to accept it and just make the best of, it, of the situation without you know uh, fighting it or struggling and just losing unnecessary energy and trying to you know swim against the current um more understanding that's the interesting thing is that the moment the relationship with yourself changes it also changes with other people around because when you understand yourself you also understand the others and that's an interesting concept about transformation which is is just brilliant to to observe when it happens in in a way to yourself is that um you know when you get lighter and blockages get dissolved your awareness level automatically gets heightened so you operate from a different awareness level it's as if you know you get a tiny little bit of a bird's eye perspective and that just happens immediately in a situation you understand the situation you understand the people um not always as i say is a process so i'm still having and life but just rest assured life will send you the you know the instances that the moment you think like yes i have learned it then it's like have you really learned it and then you get a situation where you just completely lose it um but the tendency is there definitely is a good tendency with a learning curve um and I'm just more understanding of other people. It's like, but hold on, when someone reacts in a way which would have triggered me, uh, like horribly uh, three years ago, now I'm able to a see that pain in myself. That if it triggers me, it has to do something with me, and b to understand the other person. That the other person is not doing it out of you know like a wrong, uh, like of, of a bad uh intention based just the person is feeling a pain there and then immediately another element comes in which also goes along with uh, transformation is compassion you develop that sense of compassion which is very interesting because it was um a super how would i say elusive kind of, of concept to me before but um, it's also in the science of meditation. There is really good researches and one is where basically it's been shown that, that, that the empathy or the feeling of compassion gets uh, gets strengthened. So it's literally the soft skill, which is in a way um, you can learn it and it can be trained. Uh, so all these things, I feel lighter, I feel um, less stressed, definitely. I'm able to uh, to be, um more relaxed i'm able to be in the moment this was something I wasn't able to be before I was always either in the past, mostly in the future. I had my to-do lists, and now it's just uh, it's a lot of more work because we have the projects along with work. I'm just able to be so much more focused and calm. I do not mu- multitask anymore, because I see how how much it actually harms like my my inner alignment and peace. So I just do one after the other. and. Um, able to experience silence which is which is the most beautiful gift ever um so this is, is some of the things it just helps me to be lighter more at ease definitely and i found my purpose like i know very clearly now what i want how i can work towards that and um it's not that challenges are less like the life is just the same but you just Kind of handle it differently.
1: Those sound like some wonderful outcomes um, from your journey of transformation and something that I think we all desire. I don't think you listed anything that anyone listening to this would say, no, I wouldn't like that. Um, so, with that in mind, um, I mentioned earlier that. Um, one of the programs um, offered by Matribod Parivar has been investigated in a pilot study, and this was specifically an energy-based process under the name of Matri Shakti Prava. Um, and we're going to go into the science, uh, but before we go into the science um, behind it, could you describe in broad terms what this energy-based process uh, is uh, matri shakti prava in particular and how it takes place so um, from the perspective of a participant what do they see and what what is happening
0: yeah so matri shakti prava is a um uh, energy process you can say um and it was developed by mature darashwiti out of the deep understanding of the functioning of the human mind and and the layers beyond that and it's a um it's an energy process wherein um transformational energy is being transferred it's it's an intervention in that sense an energetic intervention and that intervention um addresses all the layers of a being um the physical mental emotion but it goes especially very very deep into the spiritual layers of our being and wherever blockages are there it's slowly gradually um, basically dissolves those ones helping us to connect basically to our true nature and then there are different benefits but in itself it's basically an energetic intervention and a, a process of a transformational energy transfer you could say
1: could you share this is something that i ask a lot of guests on this podcast um uh, namely what uh, we refer to when we say energy. My sense is that it's always slightly different depending on the context. So uh, I'd love to know in the in the context of um, in, of Madri Shakti Prava what is this transformational energy?
0: Yeah. So if we see energy itself, like in science, physics, or uh, as as a general concept, because it does not differ in spirituality. That is, is very important. It's not a spirituality talks about any different kind of energy. Um, then energy is something let's say it's it's the strength required to uh, for a certain activity or to make things move or um, basically for an activity and it's there it cannot be created it cannot be kind of dissolved it can just be you know change from one form into the other and so let's say it has different manifestations and um the, what happens in Matri Shakti provides that an energy of a very very high is, is a very high energy basically gets transferred to the being allowing there to correct wherever corrections are needed this is a kind of a very high uh quality kind of energy. is basically uh for me in my understanding it's it's the energy of unconditional love which operates there um but it's uh, yeah, that's that's all that i can I can say.
1: Thank you i I want to um, also share a little bit personally uh, on this intervention because thanks to you, I, I took part in it uh, back in uh, may twenty twenty two and um it was. It was very new territory to me. So it it I'm, I'm talking from the experience of the participant. Um, Kriti was facilitating. Um, so there, there were a couple of meditation exercises that we did remotely. So I, I was at home. I just logged into Zoom and I was into the session. Uh, Kriti gave a presentation explaining the process. Um, then uh, we had the meditation exercises. Um, and then something that for me, was not familiar at all, um, we had the image of Maitreya darashriji, uh, which was, uh, as as you explained in in, in your studies that we're going to talk about in a second, a positive, energized image of love and peace known as divine light. And this is the medium through which the transformational energy is um, is 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 transmitted. And to me, i I remember thinking, um, Okay, this, 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 this is not something that has been familiar to me on my spiritual path. So I I, I kind of did like a short prayer in my mind. And I was like, Okay, God, let, please only allow this if it's good for me, basically something along those lines. So I like to think of it as spiritual boundaries, <laughs> when I'm not too sure. Um, and I I wanted to ask you, to tell us a little bit more about this image and how it works, because I had so many questions then, and I think this is a great opportunity <laughs> to ask you.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's, it's the divine light, which you're referring to. And um, it was the same for me when I saw it first time, and my mind was fully active, and I was like, okay, this is the picture now of a living being, and... Uh, why how what <laughs> what's exactly what's going on within me and then I was like okay you know what just experiment with it just just try it out it might be completely crazy just just try what happens and what I experienced was my whole transformation journey is is very subtle steps you know the big things that I mentioned now is more retrospectively during the thing is very subtle 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 steps I just realized that something is happening there. And I did the, the uh, in physical presence that was pre-pandemic. So what happened was when uh, the pandemic happened, Maitreya Dadasradi kind of designed that whole process in a way that it could also be administered online. So basically, we, we have a physicist at matri Parivar. And when this whole process was um, changed to online because it was not possible, I anymore. um I like I remember I said like this is is amazing how Dada Shirdi is able to like operate from such a high like consciousness level that this process is possible to, to be done online because is not kind of hocus pocus. It's, it's it's real it's it's real processes which are based on physical laws don't ask me why because I do not understand and am I still planning to ask that I'll show that but I know the effects of it not just on me but on others so something is definitely really deeply working there um and I still remember when that was uh, when it was changed to online, I thought, like, how should that happen online? Like, all already the physical process was kind of a lot to digest for the mind, and now it should be like even happening like online. And I think this is where, you know, where we are. I would say at the, yeah, again intersections of of science and spirituality. There is things, there are things which are beyond the mind. This is what I learned, and I'm, or what I experienced, and I'm very, very happy that at the beginning of this journey i realized um and i think part of is because i read the book at the age of 14 and there were some things which worked me i was like okay i'm not going to understand everything there so it's better if i don't try to because i'll just struggle because there are things which are beyond the mind because if you look at our mind um we are dependent on what input we get right so even our senses are limited there there are animals who can kind of listen and see better than we do so if already the tools by which we perceive our surroundings are limited then obviously also the input itself is limited so i realize there is so much more beyond so in a way if you fall in love with someone this can't be explained right or if we read like a, a, a poem a poem can't be described in a mathematical kind of like uh you know formula so i realized okay there is something which is beyond which i won't be able to understand and this is why i was open and this is in the sessions what i always encourage people as well i always say like don't don't believe me i don't believe my me but just try to be open experiment with it play with it and just see if you feel a change within you because this whole transformational journey is an experiential journey it is about the experience of you what do you experience how you feel so um, this was basically where i was like okay i'm going with the divine light i'll give it a try and coming back to the divine light it's um it's an active image it's energized where basically the, the dada consciousness basically that consciousness where his state is in is fully active so you are able to connect with that um, when you basically look at the picture and through that picture that energy process happens when it's being done online. And I know it sounds absolutely abstract or or kind of, um, it, it might sound really strange, but it's like when you look at electricity and the bulb, right, we can't see the electricity, but we need the bulb in, in order to basically see the energy behind it, or we are full of energy, but in the end, we just see the body jumping or laughing or shouting at someone. So in this tangible world also energies need like a carry a medium you know to to be carried and the divine light is ultimately that it's just like the light bulb where then the energy flows through and is being transmitted and i know it still might not be understandable for the mind but again this is it's more of an experience this is more of something which is beyond the mind and which needs to be explored and discovered, I think, by everyone themselves. Only then you will believe it.
1: So. But I fully agree with you that if our very perception is limited and we rely on our perception to make observations, um, even to apply the scientific method and have you know the, the body of science that we have, we're clearly limited in what we can and cannot see and potentially even comprehend. I, I'd like to offer something here. Um, to To those of us who feel not maybe not so much at ease, not having an explanation of the mind, um, we do live our lives utilizing things that we don't fully understand how they work. I agree with you that there is so many things
0: which we use on a daily basis, and we never really question it. And when it comes, this is this is something which I really find fascinating, although it's getting less. But when it comes to spirituality, then people get super critical. And I think also this has to do with that inherent fear with something which basically was there as a misconception of spirituality for a long time. Um, As it's like just, you know, like this 25 minute process, just try it out, it's it's not going to harm you. Uh, But it's interesting to see how people there get really like, uh, yeah, more into their mind. getting less. What well, I observe is people are more and more open to also explore this, this uh, part because I think what we are seeing is that the mind is not just limited for us. It has also created a very, very limited reality mm. where we are not able to solve the problems. And I think if the driving force behind everything was more love and less, you know, formulas and statistics and everything, Maybe it the world would look a little bit more different, but uh, this is just more perhaps a utopical or, or very idealistical uh, thing. But I, I think not everything can be can be done and understood by the mind. So we should just be able to distinguish and discern that where is it where I'm operating from the level of mind. It's needed when I when I work when I have to take decisions. And when can I operate more from the heart and what we are now doing is, is mainly and all the time operating from the mind and that's that has led. To the state of mind, we are today right, like the mental health burden and everything is because we are not able to find the right balance anymore, so I think it's always about finding the golden middle, you know path and too much of, of nothing is, is helpful in the end.
1: I agree. Um, I also believe we overly rely on um, on a certain way of approaching the world that is more analytical, let's say, and we do reward that disproportionately, as opposed to um, creativity. Though creativity does manifest in a lot of analytical types of roles, but I mean, also in the sense of things that you don't immediately see a utility for, like art, uh, but the utility is there. It's just not in a form I think that we we can conceptualize with the analytical side um and I agree with um I I hear you about this imbalance also you know we do live with a certain amount of unknown and we do scrutinize spiritual topics we do tend to scrutinize them a little bit more maybe than we would um other things that we could see as more mundane or Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know how else to express it um And, um, but one way that we can take away some of that unknown, um, is by looking at the benefits, like you were talking about from personal perspective as well. Okay. We apply this intervention. Um, are people actually better off? Maybe the how still has some unknown, but are people in the end better off? And that's something that I feel, um, you are achieving through the studies uh, that you've conducted on uh, the Matribot Parivar process. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit more about them and some of the things that you've found?
0: Yeah, so we did the first study. That was before um, I I even got to know about the process. That was in 2018, which was a a study. It was a beautiful study from study design, but um, it was just a pilot study. We just had a limited number um, of uh, participants. But there were already some very promising results and that at that time uh, i really liked that study design because it included functional uh, mris aspect uh, of the brain neurocognitive tests so it was really some you know hard hard effects in a way um but but um, obviously it was just a pilot study so we decided this was two years ago i know actually we did the whole inception was pre-pandemic pre, uh, to do another study and uh, then the pandemic happened and we were like, okay, we don't want to drop the idea of, of conducting a study, a follow-up study. So we do it with whatever is available there. We are uh, offering uh, this, this uh, process online. So let's do an online study, uh, which obviously changed the whole study design and it's a uh, study design, which, is, which has definitely, it has its limitations, but this time around the strength is a number. So we had 420 participants, which is a strong number and um in this uh, study we basically um it uh, shows like the inclusion criteria where people who had um, minimal to no spiritual um practice um or experience in the past so who were not meditating praying or anything which could be like related to that and uh they got the uh they got a um, mental well-being scale to fill out it's a questionnaire of uh uh, 14 uh, questions, on the Likert scale, uh, which have, which are basically these 14 questions um, belong to five major, you can say, like areas, and um, some being like um, effect or um, satisfaction or interconnectedness. Like these are like big areas, and then they underwent that online um, process. Which you see that that Matri de Prava. And then for 21 days, they were given a small exercise, uh, 20 minutes a day, to just basically spend th- time with themselves and connect back to that moment where they got shakti prava, so that this kind of um, process could be like going on and was nurtured. And uh, after 21 days, the, uh, basically they were uh, invited again to fill out the same well-being scale, and then we just saw whether there was a difference in the pre-post um, basically uh, answers. And the interesting part there was that uh, the findings that we could see in the first uh, study as kind of um, promising results, the kind of um, matched with this result now. So um, that there was a statistic significant level in the energy levels perceived in the feeling of empathy, interconnectedness, basically everything which, which had to do with interpersonal relationship. And also with um, basically feeling more relaxed. And in the first study, we had more um, uh, more criterias also, which had to do with um, information processing because we had the neurocognitive tests. Here, we obviously did rely on this mental well-being scale. Um, so it was uh, we were very happy about the results because uh, they also matched amongst like the questions because obviously the questions that belonged to a certain area were not just like one after the other, that basically question one to five was effect and six to 10 was kind of um, satisfaction or something, but they were kind of mixed, but you could see that the clear tendency was always within a certain uh, sub uh, topic. or So that, that was quite nice. And um, what made us also happy was that we were able to represent in that study a group which was uh, particularly affected by the pandemic, which is the young people between 18 and 30 years old and also women, they were uh, the majority in the uh, population, so um, there were some, so we are very happy with the study, but we're definitely not not going to give up here, uh, we planned some, some bigger studies on that um which is also interesting for me because i do not really need it to be to be very very honest i don't need i don't need any proof i've experienced it but i think it's important it's also important to show that we are trying to put some you know rigorous uh scientific kind of or an approach to uh kind of show uh that results are there and then let's see what what the future brings but i'm very sure that the future is going the, the future concept concept of, of of health of mental health is is going to change a lot and I was doing some research along with this research more in, in meditation like techniques and uh, what is there in terms of studies and just the amount you know of studies which have been done on meditations in the last 15 20 years is, is there's been so much which happened in in this period of time and which is now ongoing with with the ongoing interest like during the pandemic, I had, f- had literally the feeling every fifth of my patients started meditating, and I was like, "What is happening here?" Like when I was growing up, even yoga was seen as a sect. So now we are we are in meditation. So like in thirty years, that's quite a step. So um, yeah, I think the approach is important. Our intent, as we are some doctors and scientists within Medjugorje as well, to just uh, try to see how can we also, uh, you know combine science and spirituality and bring these two um, seemingly poles uh, kind of together. In the end, for me, it's just uh, different uh, sides of the same coin.
1: Yeah, I think you're doing a really great job with that. Um, and even though, like I said, you personally uh, don't feel that you need the results of a study to know that uh, the process is beneficial for you. Um, I feel also from personal experience that sometimes when trying to balance this analytical, we can call it scientific approach to life with our spiritual nature, if you will, or leading from the mind versus the heart or however you want to put it. Um, In my experience, seeing some science um, behind some of the concepts, helped me trust in my experience more and helped me with my own personal discernment of my experiences Um, so in that way I think science can help with discernment on the spiritual path
0: I agree Um, it's because it's because the mind is calmed and the mind is like okay I'm gonna play along now because it's fun for me now as well (laughs) so it's that kind of thing (laughs) And I think it's all, as I said, it's all based on physics. So we might not be there yet. And if if you ask me, I, I can't tell you more in detail. I'm still learning. I'm still discovering it. But what I know also from ancient scriptures and uh, from that is that 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 it is based on on physical laws. So we will see what kind of surprises wait for us in the future.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um... And I wish I understood more physics. I did something, it's something that's on my list. So much to study about. Um, so Kriti, I want to ask you because you mentioned um, a couple of resources today and we said we would put the links to the study in the show notes. Is there anything else in terms of resources that you would recommend to our listeners who uh, might be interested in anything that you mentioned today?
0: um so yeah for for the mind the two studies and uh else I would definitely suggest you just try out both one um because it it's it's an experience so I think that would be the biggest kind of resource to just try it out yourself uh, apart from that there's obviously the homepage of of Matthew Parivar where the different project also social projects are are describing kids that is the next step once you experience it for yourself then you obviously want to share it so you know where that compassion or that self-service aspect comes in so we have many projects also for if, if anyone is interested in taking part uh with an amazing like uh family of friends across the globe which is just growing and it's amazing when you need something and then you're like oh I know him in this country and then you just uh recently I needed something from India in one city and literally within an hour it could be delivered in that city because we knew people there and I was like this is my kind of of a vision for the future where we just like all connected all friends where we might not even know ourselves but each other but it's just like I she needs help definitely I'll I'll be there so that was a very very nice experience so um yeah the homepage. there is also a book um that uh, the I wrote uh, it's uh called the cause of suffering is the lack of love which is basically his kind of uh um gist of of, of his uh experiences and teachings and um apart from that there are actually uh many interviews by mature video on youtube so to different topics so whoever is interested just to also in a way, experience the presence and what the presence does with within us, how it connects us to ourselves. This is very interesting. You know, there are people, when when we are in their presence, that we just, we just feel differently or it kind of connects us in a different way or it does something with us in a positive or in a negative way. Um, because we always think in positive and negative in these kind of dualities. But let's say for our minds, it does something positive or something negative with us so um that was the interesting experience when i was sitting in front of that ashwiji my mind was just completely calm and i was just able to experience in a way i would say the the most beautiful version of myself and i was like wow this is such a calm person such a peaceful person and wow i really feel well in this body (laughs) and i you know it was this kind of very interesting thing it always happens in his presence and i think it's just when a person is in that kind of state, it radiates that. And and the beauty is, this is there within every one of us. And this is what Dara Shriji wants to help us to, to connect to that state and then be able to radiate that, you know, light and love for others. So they feel it around ourselves. And that is something which I found completely fascinating, because, because I know my mind, it's it's super, like, you know, hyperactive all the time and jumping like a monkey uh, back and forth. And whenever i'm like in any of these kind of of, yeah and in Dada swede's presence when there's a process um, energetic process then the mind is just it's just different and um it's just calm it's just there and it still asks questions and it's like why how and i'm just like just chill just enjoy and then we see afterwards so is uh i've kind of uh, also realized that uh, my mind can be my friend (laughs) if i just (laughs) take it in a playful way uh so That helped me a lot because sometimes you know especially in spirituality is always like the mind is you know the kind of the bad boy and everything or the bad cop so i think it's the mind just does his work as well it's very important and we just need to be able as we said find a balance
1: oh that's beautiful and and i love how you put it the mind is our friend and can be our friend um i want to ask you um kriti we talked quite a bit um about your view on spirituality. Uh, What I haven't uh outright asked you is um about God. Um does God, does the concept of God play a role on your spiritual path? And if so, what is God to you? Yeah, (laughs) good question.
0: (laughs) What is God? It's love. It's love, I think. And um yeah, it's the energy of love. And in a more tangible way, it's a friend who is just always there supporting me and just being there this is what you know it's a kind of of, if i try to put that that mix of uh, emotions that come up is it would be that but above all love unconditional love
1: that's beautiful um and you already hinted at this and i'm wondering if there's more there of that vision Uh, You talked about how you hope the future will be with people as friends and supporting one another. Um, And this is a question that I really love asking guests on this podcast, um, just to sustain that positive vision for the future. Um, Imagine it's 50 years from now. um, And in 50 years from now, how do you hope that our consciousness, the consciousness of humanity will evolve?
0: Yeah. Um, So I hope, and it's... uh parts with Maitreya Dada has shared out of that higher consciousness is that it will be a world where the driving force behind everything will be love so this is why we go now to this transformation phase um and where we are above all in harmony with ourselves and with mother nature especially Uh, it just always comes out mother nature (laughs) and just is natural so uh, but where we are in harmony and where we live a probably much more simpler lifestyle um but where we are more content with what we have which is based on on values like you know like love togetherness care um and yeah where harmony prevails that would be that would be my vision where the base of everything is love
1: that's wonderful and is there anything uh that i haven't asked you uh that you wish to share with our listeners
0: um (laughs) no i don't think so um i think what i really would like to share emphasize here is the importance of that um personal spiritual transformation like of that the transformation of every one of us as it has an impact on the collective transformation um and that it's it's very very important especially when we look at you know the rising mental health burden and everything as a preventive and and more preventive factor and also as a resilience kind of uh strengthener to really try to start to understand ourselves in a in a very natural way what is it that we really want what is it that we really need how do we perceive ourselves like how do we really see ourselves as a person and to find you know the passion within you because this is ultimately what the world really needs is that we express our passion um because it can do magic so that we learn about ourselves understand ourselves and then share this this kind of jewel that every one of us is with the world uh, in the most natural way so i think this is something that i really really want to share because i've seen what it can do when we do not live our true self but we try to hide behind masks and roles and um, whatever that we play that we sometimes have to play which is okay but to ultimately really try to understand ourselves and realize our true self and i think this is not just a nice to have or a kind of philosophical concept i think it's a really need of the time because only that will kind of lead a true foundation of a kind of compassionate society because the change starts with us and i know this is is easy to say and it's a saying but it it is like that so and it's simpler than than we think and there are tools available for that
1: (laughs) so that's wonderful what a beautiful note to end this on and my last question to you kriti is where can our listeners find you online um, or offline Um, So online, my homepage
0: is kretinanda.com and um, I'm also on on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram um, and offline in Zurich, uh, Switzerland, Uh, where you were too and you moved now, so um, we never met here actually when you were
1: here. No, we didn't get to, that's a shame, maybe on one of my visits back or when you come to the UK.
0: Or when I come to K. So yeah, I'm currently based
1: uh, in in Zurich. Excellent, Kriti, I want to thank you so 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 much for being here today. This was such a lovely uh, discussion, and even though. You know, I, I, I did uh, the research on, on your work and your insights on on your spiritual path. I feel there was so much more that that came out today. And for that, I really, really want to thank you. I think our listeners are really going to enjoy this.
0: Thank you so much for giving that space and time uh, to making this, uh, this wonderful time that we spent together possible. I just realized how, how fast the time passed. Uh, I truly enjoyed it. Thank you so much also for the amazing work uh, you are doing.